Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. What? And Joey D is running the boards. Yeah. We're back. Yeah, we're back for full crew 2021. Yeah. Woo! I'll be talking with Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. We will also be talking about Star Trek Discovery and, of course, The Mandalorian. we got to talk about that season finale. <laughs> Wait, was that a thing? Are you sure? I, I was just kind of mediocre. It was a big thing. Kind of mediocre, really. And, uh, and of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Our blogs, podcasts, and more. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and okay. iTunes. Yes. Go find us. Okay. So many ways to get a hold of us. So many ways to contact us. Uh, hope everybody had a great uh, uh, break if you were able to partake in a break or at least a good holiday season. Oh, yeah. At least get a good holiday season. I mean, 2020 had to give you something. Uh, exactly. And uh, right now I've got Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach who will give us something, some information about what is going to be going on at CES. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us for a new year, but it's the same old convention scene, sort of. I mean, 2020 said uh, goodbye to all the conventions, but the Consumer Electronics Showcase is still happening, but it's going to be digital this year, and it's going to be happening starting next week, so we're going to be looking at some of the preview stuff, and Gareth, um, is it? are they just going to be doing kind of like what we've been seeing with a lot of the virtual showcases, where it's just going to be a whole bunch of uh, showing off of this stuff, like 24-7 sort of? Well, it's actually very different how they've been doing this, because officially... The show starts next week. Now, um, in the real world, we would all be on the way and at Vegas right now this week doing everything. But what they decided to do is there's actually stuff going on right now, even though even though it officially does not start until next week. Next week on Monday, you get the big showcase presentations where. Um, you know, Sony and all the others do that. And traditionally, Tuesday is the day the floors open and you can do your meetings and go to the booths and all that sort of thing. And then that carries through uh, Friday. And um, what they're doing right now, it's very clever. You have companies like Razer who are doing um, a showcase where you tune into an area and it's a, a pitch and a presentation and you see the new product. And of course they're all under embargo. So you can't talk about them until the official day of the show yeah. when all the press releases go out. Then you have companies like, uh, Samsung who did this fantastic showcase, uh, the other day. And then they're doing a more formal thing and digital booth tours next week. But like one of the things they showed off is we've talked about those giant wall TVs. Yes. Well, they were showing some new ones and they go, check this out. And it can do up to four pictures uh, <laughs> inside the frame. And then if that wasn't enough, they said, oh, if you're into video games, here you go. Boom, 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 boom. And it's like, oh, man. Well, and that's that's crazy because, I mean, I literally remember being a bachelor and having two big screen TVs so we could watch football, play Call of Duty on the other one, and then it eventually got ridiculous where we had, like, two uh, smaller TVs next to those. So we basically had a sports bar in our house, and you're just saying, oh, yeah, you could just do that with just one TV now. Exactly. <laughs> and see, that was really cool. And then you have um, – these other companies are doing these things and I, I haven't done them yet. They're uh, later on this afternoon. Actually, some of them are opening up, 
and they're called virtual booth tours. And so literally they've told us we're going to have a booth. And instead of walking through the booth, touching everything, you're going to essentially go through it on your computer. Some have implied that there will be, because uh, they're actually booking. They're not just saying, here's a link, come to it. They're booking actual appointments just like they did. And we've heard rumors that some of them are going to have a guide and they will literally be at a booth or a virtual booth and someone will go station to station with us, answer our questions. We can say, well, what's this and what's this and, you know, all of that. So it's interesting because back in July, that's when they pulled the plug and said, look, we're not going to be able to pull this off in January. And this is, of course, before the surges and everything like that. Back in July, they said this isn't going to happen, and they put all of their efforts into this. And it's really interesting because these are the folks that are showing the groundbreaking technology, and they're actually using that technology to pull <laughs> off a virtual event. And, you know, it's crazy because, like, you, you see, CES always has some very unusual things because it's not just televisions and cameras and video games. It's anything mm-hmm. from home products to medical products, to, you know, consumer products. And we're seeing these things like people will say, I saw one that said, oh, this is a disease detector. You can put that in your home and it'll detect this and that. And then you get these, you know, air purifiers and drones. And it's crazy. But as you go along, you see some of these technologies and they're like, we've got smart pillows and wave motion (laughs) pillows. And what I found interesting is I was going through the companies and, and you say, well, you know, I'm not seeing this company. I'm not seeing this company. They have almost 1,700 companies that are taking part in this virtual thing. And every day my inbox is flooded with stuff. And it's, it's really cool because you see things that you don't really necessarily think about. And you're like, wow, that is crazy. I mean, I saw this VR thing that is to help seniors in isolation stay connected with each other. Oh. And to give them opportunities like hey, you know what, not only can you talk with each other, you can go out and do something. You want to, you know, want to go doing this. I saw this one thing and I'm like, oh my God, I got to try this, but I'm like, I'm going to kill myself. (laughs) It's supposedly, and and I'm like trying to wrap my head around how this is going to work. It's for staying connected while you ski. Huh? And they they said, yeah, that's exactly what I said. (laughs) And they said, we're in a prototype stage now. We haven't gone to the final mass-produced product, but we can send you the prototype. And I'm like, all right. And they're like, so essentially this enables you to stay connected while you're skiing. And I'm thinking, all right, is it something I click, you know, is it like, wouldn't that be what a Bluetooth headset does or yeah, something like yeah, that? But then up on the mountain, then up on the mountain skiing's not really, you know, connection can be iffy. And then there's that, and if I wipe out, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to lose the headset while I go rolling down the mountain. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, you know, whatever. And, and I'm like, and I, and I had this, I had this horrible vision of someone going down the mountain holding a selfie stick. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I mean, you know, <laughs> it just seems like, yeah. But at the same point too, it's like these guys are at like almost beyond the forefront of technology. So like those basic things you figure, oh, they've probably worked that out at least. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll get to see all the uh, new problems you have by uh, being connected on these ski slopes. Oh, no kidding. And you've <laughs> seen the video from past years. Like you remember that motion seat where they were sitting, in it and they were spinning sideways and upside down and mm-hmm. all that stuff yeah and we're sta- you know we're all standing there and they're like you want to turn and i'm like 
Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, we, we compromised and did that little virtual reality 360 cameras all over dance cage and all of this. But that's the joy of it. I mean, there are things you look at it and you go, that's ridiculous. Who in their right mind would want something like that? You know, like, you, you know, you, you hear about the talking toilets and the scales that will tell you this. And, you know, they apparently have things that are like, oh, you weigh 300 pounds, cut back, cut, cut down on your carbs and Damn. all that. It's like, yeah, who you know, but then, <laughs> then they have massage shares, and then you get these crazy things like, uh, I remember this one, you, you know those uh, batting machines where they, mm-hmm. they pitch the balls and stuff to you. They had this, this video screen up, and it had all of these major league pitchers past and present, and you could computerize it, so it would release the ball. It had, like, all these different release points. So, like, this guy comes at you from the side, so therefore this pitch will come. This guy's over oh. the top, it's here. He throws curveball. And I'm like, that's just crazy. And then they're showing me like virtual reality ski stuff going, all you got to do is hop on these <laughs> and you can literally ski any resort you want in your home. And I'm thinking, do oh, you? God. Well, now, yeah. And I mean, just thinking about that at this point in time, I just wonder how much we're getting, we're going to get closer to, you know, Ready Player One's Oasis when it comes down to it, where we're going to have to have our own, you know, rooms to do any sort of traveling. And I mean, obviously, we've got, you know, vaccines and everything is working out through that. But a lot of the times, this is going to turn into something like maybe we don't have to always like go to the Swiss Alps when we can just go skiing here. And yeah, like we're in Washington now, or I'm in Washington now now but like if like say i'm in you know nebraska and i want to go skiing there's no place to go skiing in nebraska so this will give you a chance to be able to experience the actual slopes yeah and you you know you hit it right on the head because vr technology is coming down there are certain sets that you can pick up under 300 dollars now um and i'm not talking the ones for the phones i'm talking for pcs and of course (laughs) you know some games work on them some don't but then you're seeing larger applications for this. We've seen these interactive VR hubs. They had one for like Alien, the Terminator. They had Star Wars ones where you would go in there in the VR. You could feel impacts on you from a vest you wear. We're hearing all these stories like we just got something the other day from Disney where they said, look, we can't give you a date yet, but we are going to open that Avengers campus in California Adventure this year. We already know the first, we already know there are two attractions. One of them is a Spider-Man thing where you're on a rail and you're shooting webs at these things. And they told us it's all virtual. You're just going to flick your wrist like that and webs are going to shoot out of it. And you're not, and I'm like, okay. And then, you know, all they would tell us about the Avengers one is Quinjet, something happens, you suit up and take to the skies and you will honestly think you're flying with the Avengers. Now, of course, that's essentially, you know, a variation of this technology. It is going to be some yeah. kind of VR immersive, and they're getting closer and closer. They're already figuring out we can take an air. Look at the Mandalorian. That is mostly virtual sets. You know, people say yeah, you think yeah. they're out in the desert. They're on a stage in L.A. for the most part. And they said, that's it. We, You know, you walk out there. We can project whatever we want. The technology's there. The question is how much do you want to spend? Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Then, <laughs> and then it becomes... How long until that, uh, you know, becomes uh, commonplace in the home? It's it's kind of like the issue they have with the Star Trek shows. They always talk about technology is moving so fast. It is very difficult to sit there and say, you know, you take the original Star Trek. So much of that stuff has already become reality now. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting. I know when they were doing Enterprise, they're like, that's 150 years from now. 
our cell phones are already really advanced. We have this, we have this. So how do you make it look a little more primitive than the original Star Trek, but yet more advanced than what we have now when what we have now is already on par or better than a lot of the stuff they showed in the original Star Trek. And, you know, technology moves on. It's exciting to see all of that. And you can uh, speculate and watch all that go down this uh, next week. But also check out Skewed and Reviewed, SKNR.net. Garrett's going to highlight some of the cool things that he sees at CES and, of course, so much more. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Thank you so much, Gareth. Again, Gareth von Kallenbach at Skewed and Reviewed. You can find all sorts of stuff at SKNR.net. Now, next, actually, yesterday was the season finale of Star Trek Discovery. Next yesterday was a great day. Next yesterday. So we won't be talking about it right now, but they did have the penultimate episode last week. Oh, fancy talk. So uh, just a quick kind of rundown. Uh, How are you guys feeling about what's coming up to this? And are you guys looking forward to what's going to be happening uh, when you do get to see this episode? This has been an unofficial three-parter, is really what it's been. Uh, uh, even though they haven't called it a three-parter, really, uh, you know, the, the Sukal, There is a Tide, and then finally that is uh, that Hope is You Part 2, which, by the way, which is the going to be the last episode, which we will talk about next Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first episode of the season was called that, is, that Hope is You Part 1, and we all, I remember thinking, like, very odd, because the next episode wasn't that as, uh, you know, that Hope is You Part 2. Like, normally when you have a Part yeah. 1, the next episode... They waited until the last episode to give us part two. Mm. Very interesting, since the part one was basically just Michael Burnham trying to find out what the hell happened to the Federation and to the whole galaxy because of this thing called the burn, where all the fuel in the galaxy just blew up. Uh, Dialethema is the fuel, and so because of that... All the travel was just really bad, and the Federation declined. Think of uh, the United States of America all of a sudden basically becoming a five-state country, uh, losing the the other 45 states. That's kind of what happened to the Federation in the 900-year future jump. That's right. It's 900 years in the future. So, um, you know, Joey Dees and I are going to actually, later on, we're going to watch the finale together. <laughs> I like the last episode. The second, the, the episode before that, which was the, it's called Sukal, was interesting, kind of trippy. Still, I was a little like, because ah, ah, the reason for this may, they're insinuating the reason for the burn may have been a disturbed individual. Like oh. a mentally unhealthy, mentally unbalanced individual, somehow they destroyed all of the fuel source in the galaxy. In the galaxy? Yeah. Like, something like that sounds like uh, when Scarlet Witch in the comic books, uh, basically the whole House of M thing where she said, no more mutants, and they shrunk down the mutants down to like 113 or something. Hmm, I wonder if that's going to be covered on a Disney Plus show coming up soon. Because <laughs> uh, they, yeah. they showed a bottle of wine. I, I follow this guy on YouTube, Emergency Awesome. There's a bottle of wine in French that is translated to House of, House of the Miserable. Oh, really? So it's like, why is she using, why is she pouring a bottle of wine for this little dinner she's having in the 1950s? So uh, I wonder, House of M, if it's going to be somehow weaved into the WandaVision series. And WandaVision hits uh, next week. But we're talking about Star Trek (laughs) Discovery. Joey D's, your thoughts so far before we go into this last episode is we're about to get a wrap up of uh, the the whole two major things, which is the burn and also the fact that Discovery has been kidnapped by the Orion Crime Syndicate. Oh, yeah. I've liked this season more than I liked any of the other seasons yeah for sure i think the 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 ride that you're on is better because there's no limits you're not like oh what's going to happen you know i I know because well this has to happen in the storyline kind of a thing because we're in the future Mm -hmm. not canon for anything they're writing their own storyline that being said 
they did a Q-esque kind of thing with one of the characters this season where like they kind of introduced this, I don't know, what would you call it, a, cont- a continuum character that helps weave the times together so that they don't implode, and they kind of just brush over it. Oh. Yeah, it's very odd, and that part was kind of off Is that Are you talking about Carl? Yeah. Oh, well, you say that, now you say it's a QS character. It is a character from one of the most iconic Star Trek, the original series episodes ever, City on the Edge of Forever, with Joan Collins and William and Edith Keeler, where he basically has to, spoiler alert, uh, Bones goes crazy, goes back in time through this this portal called the Guardian of Forever, and they go back to the Depression times. And Edith Keeler basically, if she's left alive, convinces America not to enter World War II, which destroys the timeline. Oh! It is a first season classic episode. It is one of the most beloved Star Trek, the original series episodes. So it's a reintroduction to this guardian who can take you anywhere you want to go in the past, present, or future. Um, so, so Joe is a little confused, yeah, but it's kind of a it's a throwback to the original it, it's series. It's definitely a nice callback, but it okay. was a vehicle to basically allow Giorgio to go back to her time. So it, that's what the Guardian does. It allows you to go back to a, a time in your history. But we know what is Joey not like time, time travel, travel. <laughs> and it ju- it was such a good story. And again, I have this problem with this show. She's a captain. She's not the main character, but her payoff is really good. So I ask myself again, why are we not following this character? You mean yeah. Giorgio? Yeah, because well, her, well, well, the emperor, not the yeah. captain. She's the well, mirror universe emperor. Yeah, yeah. sure. And but and again, that small complaint. But again, it's one of those things where I just think here and I go, I like, I like what we're getting, but I just help can't help but wonder if it would have been better had it they just not veered off from the normal yeah. Star Trek storyline. That being said. Great story so far. The Orions are trying to do their thing where they're trying to become a part of the Federation because they want to, well, they claim it's to help their people and they are truthful for it because there's a truth bot that's like telling them, hey, they're telling you the truth. But their (laughs) truth is different from the Federation's truth, which is the prime directive and that whole thing. And Yeah, I mean, and that's the only thing too. Like, I mean, you can get around a truth bot or a truth serum if it is your truth. Yes. And so I've seen that before in many different uh, shows. Are you going to tell them probably the best line in maybe years for a Star Trek episode? No, what is it? It's a line that some people aren't happy with. Oh. But as you know, they use replicators to make food. Okay, yeah. So... Uh, he's having a, he's basically having the, the admiral of the federation is having a sit down with the leader of the emerald chain basically the gang uh-huh. and they, they she's like I, we want to get together let's all be one happy family let's have a negotiation the way she called this meeting was definitely you know suspect, suspect. but <laughs> at one point she's trying to be clever she's eating this apple and she's like you know it's not really like an apple. Have you ever had a real apple? And he goes, no, I never really had a chance. Oh, you should have real apples. They're amazing. I mean, this is okay. He goes, you know, that's S. And she says, huh? He goes, oh, yeah, you're eating our S. I mean, basically, we take the S and we reconstitute the molecules, and then they get filtered back into the replicating machines, and you're basically just eating our S. And I was like, what? It's like, well. Is that Star Trek canon? Here's the thing. (laughs) He's not wrong. It's never been established that way, but all you're doing is basically taking matter and rearranging it. So... If Why? you break down whatever matter you have out there, which what, is going to be... What would you do with your waste? Yeah. They've never yeah. talked about it, but... You mean they that... don't fling it out into space? Yeah. So, right? Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I thought they did, just like an airplane. They would just kind of shoot it out the shoot it out, yeah, the or, sewer pipe or, or something. If you watch Big Mouth, they uh, flush all the poo by hand. 
Ew. Individually. Yeah. See, and then it goes into space. <laughs> I, I loved it because it's never been talked about in some of the, you know, That's the real funny. staunchy yeah. Star Trek fans. But it was a great line because, first of all, he put her in her place because she's like, oh, you should have a real apple. I'm really cool and you're not. You're the Federation, but we're the ones that have the power. And then she's eating this fake apple and he goes, you know, you're eating my blank. <laughs> and I, I loved it. I really loved the line. Puts and, a whole other yeah. uh, perspective on eat ass. Um, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't like the reason for the burn, but we haven't fully found out. Again, some people who've already seen the finale may know, but what they were hinting at uh, two episodes ago, I'm like, okay, if this is the reason, I don't know if I'm going to like this. It's real. Really bad. Yeah. Oh, so oh, I can't wait for next week. It's uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, we're going to talk about it in a later episode, but it could be. You know how I feel about Wonder Woman eighty four. It could mm-hmm. be Wonder Woman eighty four bad. <laughs> um, we can only hope. Yeah, tune in Wednesday to find out more about that. But, exactly. Uh, but you know what? I haven't seen the finale, so I'm not going to pass judgment. Right on. Uh, it, but it's been a good season. I agree with uh, Joey D's. I really like this season. Um, I will say that. You know, I, I, I think a lot of people are really missing out on this show. And I'm going to talk to women. I think I would love to get more women's impression of this show because there are a lot of women who are actually behind the writing and producing of this show. Mm. And the characters definitely are different. Even the the big baddie of this season is definitely different than any big baddie we've known. And some people have complained, mostly my male friends. And I think it's because... I mean, how many of us really, you know, understand what it's like to present and write a show for a woman unless you happen to watch Sex in the City like I did? Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, you know, you kind of stick to your own tribe. And I would love to know what women think of this show, because it's very different than the Star Trek I know. But I have to think that they're really doing a great job writing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, as far as writing for a particular demographic, which women are equally written for in this sh- in this show as men are that's for sure so i think women are missing out in a big deal if they haven't it's a great show and there's so much female representation in this as well as um lbgtq plus representation in this show i mean this show yeah, is yeah. Doing I've a, seen lot, a of lot of the stuff that they've been doing with that so that's pretty awesome yeah. uh we got to move on to the mandalorian i know Woo-hoo! that this is going to be basically kind of a, a mini spectacular when it comes down to it because we're going to go long on the old podcast for this one because we've got to talk about this yes. uh Season two ended uh, sometime during our break after we had uh, gone on vacation. I think there was like two episodes left, yes. so we managed to uh, um, uh, not get to those. Uh, but now, man, uh, first I need to ask each of you, did you guys have problems with uh, the season finale with this? Because I haven't heard anybody have any issues with how this went down. So in this room, I just have to know... If you guys were like uh, having any issues with this, the only issue was when the big reveal happened. I yelled and it scared my two-year-old brother. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah! "That was my only issue." I uh, I did not have any issues. I had a lot of theories based on what we'd seen, yeah, and based on me viewing, of course, the animated series. Yes, I really thought we were going to see Ezra. That was the Jedi I thought that was going to come save the day. And I still, even when I saw the X-Wing that I should know <laughs> is iconic for one person, I still thought, oh, maybe uh, Ezra's got an X-Wing, too, that he's flying around. I don't know. I mean, well, maybe that's possible. Well, and that was like, I'm just like trying to figure out, and I haven't gone as deep as you have yet with uh, like the animated with Rebels or with exactly. uh, Clone Wars. So I haven't met Ezra yet, so I wasn't with that. But when the big reveal came, and I mean, obviously, spoilers, you guys, if you know this at this yeah, point, you can please. just go on to our next yeah, episode yeah, or something yeah. along those lines what you know is if, if you haven't tuned out yet you know it wasn't ezra that's yeah, all you know exactly it's actually better than ezra 
Wow. It really it is. Great 90s music relate that nobody else but me in this room is going it. <laughs> but it was better than Ezra. <laughs> well, Hello, was, everybody. Thank you. Well, that was pretty good. Thanks, man. Uh, but also, like, it was when it happened, you see the X-Wing come in, and, uh, and then suddenly it opens up, and it was so reminiscent of it was Rogue One. Yes, when Darth Vader comes out mm-hmm. and you just see you see this the silhouette and then that red lightsaber goes. Vroom. Yeah, this was intentionally orchestrated. Oh, I loved yeah. how they did that. And then, but this time it's a silhouette and a green lightsaber. And for me, still didn't click. It still didn't click. I'm like, oh, oh. And then it was like because we've reveal. seen other yeah other people have had green lightsabers, and I forgot the timeline. Where this, uh, where the Mandalorian was set Mm -hmm. up. So I completely was just blown away when it was Luke Skywalker. How do they keep this a secret? How? I mean, everything else leaked. Every episode, people were watching it at midnight, and I would get on Twitter because it's our job to be on social media in the morning, and I would see trending topics that would completely and utterly ruin the spoilers for stuff. Like in the um, the Ahsoka, no, I, I never say that name right. Do uh, I? No, you, oh, yeah, I did. You said it right. Nice. I did it. Ahsoka Tan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, like when that was going on, there was like the hashtag Thrawn. So I'm like, okay, so there's going to be a reference at this point, or even with like the hashtag Boba Fett. I'm yep. like, okay, well, I know this is going to be happening. This one came out of nowhere, blew my mind. Yeah, I started out on the dark side of this series, not liking it in the first <laughs> season, and I really switched over this season. I loved what they did with it. And this reveal just made me think one thing, and I did have a problem. Why did we get such bad movies for the last <laughs> Star Wars series? You know why? Because John Favreau, I don't think, had anything to do with the or movies. Or Dave right? Filoni, for that matter. Dave Filoni gets a lot of yes. credit. He's, he, you see his name on there. He's done a lot of the animated series. And a lot of people just think that Favreau and Filoni should be the only people touching Star Wars. Now, yes. should be the only, like, John Favreau should be the only buddy, person touching anything. Because I didn't realize this until like recently, that he did Elf. Oh, he, I didn't know you did he that. He does Elf and creates like a phenomenal Christmas movie that is now part of everyone's tradition, it seems like. He started the MCU with Iron Man, and now he oh, right. saved Star Wars. So how is his back not breaking for ca- from carrying, <laughs> carrying all, all of this stuff? Oh, I got and news in, for you. It includes, it's, it's, yeah, he, they, they, he is the golden boy for the MCU. And include the, the, like, the quote-unquote live-action uh, uh, Disney movies. Which not all of them were loved, but I loved The Jungle Book and thought that was a really good uh, adaptation. And of so it. he's been putting so much work in for Disney. Like, first off, good on him. But I mean, just like, that just blew my mind. This is the guy from Swingers, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, ah. John, yeah, John, <laughs> John I Favreau, <laughs> I mean, knows how to make a good production and also knows how to serve the fans because that first season of The Mandalorian, I give him credit because. The Mandalorian gets upstaged a lot this year. I mean, for, yes. if, if you're a mm-hmm. fanboy, fangirl, you were like looking forward to almost everybody that was, you know, Bo-Katan and Ahsoka Tano. I mean, they were, and of course, Luke, he's upstaged, but he did give The Mandalorian his own first season where it was, you know, yeah. it was him. And, it's mm-hmm. set, and it was setting it up, giving you the characters, giving you both um, Grogu and uh, uh, The Mandalorian, and I never say his name right, but Din. Din? Yeah. yeah. And uh, like with those, uh, and then this year was a a lot of uh, like you talked with like Dave Filoni in it like it was a lot of service for people who like dug in deep and watched all of the animated series because there's so many oh, references I mean, to Boba, all of that Boba Fett Boba Fett's armor I mean honest to yeah. gosh I mean the sandworm uh, I mean there w- this was so much that 
I think it was good that The Mandalorian had a first season. The thing is, though, when somebody when a show tries to put in a lot of fan service, I feel like it's lost on the casual fans. Yeah. Which, by the way, that is not. I'm not saying that as a you know, jab at anybody. I feel like you can be a fan of something and be casual about it like I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan like BJ is or like other people are, but I still love Star Wars and I didn't feel like I things were going over my head. Like I felt like I was excluded in a club. Like I was not in on like these, uh, what do they call them? The, like, uh, per, not personal secrets, the... Um, Oh, just like the shared secrets and stuff like that, like that, like you're you're like in on the joke and stuff like that. Yeah, that's they're expert at that, Vic. Yeah, they're phenomenal at it, and well, and yeah, they did a great job. And that's where I agree with Vicky, and I think that's why the second season is so much better. Yeah, the first season felt a lot more like a western that had some Star Wars references, where the second season is a Star Wars show with a lot of western vibes in it. Good call. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we talk about how it's a very dated thing, and we kind of get annoyed by it, but the whole like adventure mystery of the week or monster of the week scenario type shows are a little dull, but that's kind of what happened here. And it worked. And I want to say this again for the fans though, there was enough in the first season, the whole, the whole lore of the Mandalorian. And then of course, for a lot of people, the reveal of the dark saber at the end with Moff Gideon at the end was their Luke Skywalker moment too. Cause the dark saber is huge from the animated series. uh, Yeah. So, I mean, there was a lot in the first season too. And I had no idea about all of that. And, uh, uh, I'm in the middle with my wife watching clone wars. And so like when all this is happening and then suddenly you're seeing characters, that I haven't gotten to Bo-Katan on uh, on Clone Wars. She's uh, like season three or season she's four. Going, yeah, she's going to get there. But her sister is in it because she was a, a leader of yes, Mandalore earlier right. on. So it's like you're getting these tidbits. And at first I just wanted to kind of watch all the uh, Ahsoka episodes and get that like 60 episode cut. But there's so much in there that I can keep watching yeah. when it comes down to it. So I'm just we're just going and binging the whole damn seven, uh, uh-huh. seven season series, buddy. I have to because I want to find all those little like little tidbits and like, I don't. I don't want to be a Star Wars guy when it comes down to it, and do the you know the well actualies. But I want to learn about all this stuff because I want just to know about what they're referencing because the lore is so deep just on this show that they're referencing the entire universe. It's so cool. Yeah, the Ahsoka. You don't have to, but like when you get to the Ahsoka Tano part of it all, I yeah. mean, you've got you've you've gotten a bit of it anyway. Yeah. But when you really get deep into her story, first of all, you will go. You, you might actually have a little bit more love for Anakin. I think that's what Clone Wars did. It gave Anakin a out. much better storyline. Yeah. And uh, there's, I mean, and then you get to Rebels, and there's a little bit more. I think, Bo, I think Bo-Katan, if I'm not mistaken, I'm losing my mind. Bo-Katan's in Rebels as well, yeah, if I'm I not mistaken. So. Uh, or maybe it's just she's in Clone Wars and I'm confusing the two. But either way, it's uh, you really get, uh, I mean, especially... The last episode of Rebels, Rev. That, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, Rebels. Excuse me, Clone Wars. Yeah, it it, it it's it, it's in sync with the last pretty much m- the movie. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, it's, it's okay. In, it's in sync with Episode Three. Oh, that except, makes sense. That should be good. Then. Except you're seeing basically what were what were these folks doing 
while the people we watch in episode three. Okay. So that's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And that just re- and they just dropped that last season, like recently. I think yeah. it was, it's not even a year old. The no, last yeah, season. it's not. It came out last year. Yeah. Uh, it was really cool just to kind of see that whole, like the Moff Gideon and Din kind of just uh, that face off at the end where he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to totally let you go. All I wanted was the Darksaber. Yeah. Or what is, all I wanted was that. And it's like, no, you're a liar. You're a lying liar who lies. And guess what? Yes, that's true. You are a liar. But the fight got great. I just love the fact that he, like Moff Gideon, didn't win, but he was able to kind of get a gotcha moment at the very end, which leads into season three because mm-hmm. uh, the Mandalorian is now the ruler of Mandalore, which was Bo-Katan's entire purpose to get the dark saber. It's her quote unquote oh, birthright. Yeah, you've got some. You've got some fun because there have been interesting leaders of Mandalore, including one very familiar character that we all know. Yes, and yeah. if you go and uh, search up on the wiki and going down those rabbit holes, you'll find out. And yeah. spoiler alert, and, it's a fun. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Actually, they're on opposite sides of the political war too, right? Because he's a purist or whatever, and she's um, like the like, not. One. Yeah, it's kind of weird though. Like, I, I don't necessarily understand all of like the the Death Watch um, uh, uh, relationship at this point, and if she was a part of it or not a part of it. Because I've read different things, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So, Bo-Katan's sister was the peacenik in charge of Mandalore. Yeah, and the the sect that uh, that Din belongs to. They were like, no, we should be strong. Don't use peace. Super and, zealots. Yeah. And they Jedi destroyed their planet. So basically, yeah. the, basically the Emperor, while you know, during Clone Wars, beat the crap out of Mandalore. Guess and <laughs> it, so that's why the fact that the Mandalorian's helping this little Jedi kid is so unusual because yeah. it's like he's like, why would I want to help a Jedi? Um, and why will Ahsoka not train Grogu? When you see her story, it makes a lot more sense as then, to why. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun to kind of go back and watch all of that and see what's happening. And then, uh, you know, we're, there's a, like, just if you haven't watched this season, watch it all, binge it all. Um, there was a very interesting uh, uh, little after credit scene when it came to the end of the episode. Love that after credit scene. Which was fantastic, but it was really confusing to me because Boba Fett and Fennec uh, go back to Jabba's hut and uh, Jabba's hut, yeah, Jabba the hut's hut. And it was kind of interesting because uh, there was a person who took over for Jabba. I can't remember his name, but he was he was in uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, he was the guy that would basically you know translate for him. Yeah, yeah, and, like, like his yeah. Bu- oh, I guess his greeter. He was the greeter. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. yeah. And he's uh, he instead of skinny now, he's old, fat, and happy, and kind of leading all of that. Is well, that Bib Fortuna, I believe. Yes, it is. Yeah. yes, it yeah. is. And uh, well, Boba gacks him and uh, takes over, and then it goes dun dun dun. The Book of Fett. And I was like, so season three is going to be The Book of Fett? A lot of confusion over that because of release dates. Yeah. Uh, but have you found out that I have, have got some clarity for us? I have found out, and it looks like Book of Boba Fett is coming out at Christmas of this year. We have to uh, wait that long. Yes. Mm. And then after that, after they're done shooting the Book of Boba Fett, they're going to go back and shoot The Mandalorian Season 3. So The Mandalorian still goes around our favorite Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal, um, and that'll continue to do that. The Book of Boba Fett will be its own show. That'll be interesting because I'm wondering, 
what what will that be? Because this is after episode six. Yes. This is, uh, I think, what, five years after episode Something six? Something along those lines, yeah. We know, uh, folks that have watched Rebels, we know that there was somebody in charge, or at least trying to be a big wig in the world of crime. If you watch Solo, you saw who was trying to be a big wig in crime. Yep. Uh, well, we, we know that that person's no longer a big wig in crime by the time we're, where we see Boba take over. Ah, we know that. Okay. So, at least we think we know that. Right. And that's if you watch Rebels, you know that. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see what crime looks like. You know, uh, and, and it, I don't know where, but you could probably do a search. They finally put out a timeline of everything in the world of Star Wars. Yeah, it's it's you and know, I mean we've it's got, helpful, and we've got stuff now like two hundred years uh, in the past of the Skywalker saga, which is the High Republic. That was before, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so there's so many other things going on. There is a timeline on the Nerdist, and if we have enough time on Monday's episode, we'll get to it. But I mean, we're trying to catch up with all of everything that's there's going on. There's so much going on. There's a lot. Um, I really love The Mandalorian. I love what they're doing with all of the Star Wars all properties the at this point. All yeah, of the series. All of the series. They got, I mean, it's insane. Yeah. Basically, you can just have Disney Plus and get so much content that's coming out at this point in time. And yeah. if you want more awesome Mandalorian content, uh, yeah. apparently there's a video out there of Jack Black rocking out the Mandalorian's theme song in a Boba Fett helmet. <laughs> Is he wearing clothes beyond that? Because he's been known to uh, rock some Speedos and just dance by his pool lately. Um, It does look like he's wearing clothes, and it's on his <sighs> TikTok. Okay. Thank goodness. Oh, my God. I love Jack Black. Well, while everyone else is watching it, now it is time to get to... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky. What do you got? Uh, so, during the holidays, I had this plan. Uh-oh. That I'm going to watch all these shows and rewatch all these shows. And uh, how did that work out? Well, when you uh, have a two-year-old toddler living at your house at the <laughs> moment, I watched a lot of kids' shows. So you didn't really uh, have I mean, any control over your uh, television there? Not as much. And then, like, he would outlast me. He was the only one in our family that stayed up until midnight on New Year's. That kid knows. Are you serious? Yeah. He, he was ready to get the hell out of 2020. That's why. Exactly. Like, I, I woke up to fireworks. I look at him, and it's exactly midnight. I'm like, you are still awake? He's <laughs> like, yeah, and you're lame, okay? It's like, you're lame. I'm watching my shows. Let, bring I'm on the two, <laughs> and I know how to party. <laughs> uh, so I thought uh, I would give you guys a list of shows that I, and movies that I am very excited about, some of which that have come out recently um, that I think that you guys would probably be excited about as well. All right. Uh, one that I, I heard really good buzz about was the new movie called Soul. Yes, this I've is heard on a, Disney Plus. Oh, the Pixar a, movie. Yes. yes, I heard a lot of people saying that they really loved it. Um, I believe it was. I think Jamie Fox. I believe does the voice of the main character. Yes. Yes. Um, but everyone says it will make you cry. So beware. It's ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's most of those Disney That's Pixar, Pixar movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, Joe is a middle school band teacher whose life hasn't quite gone the way he expected. His true passion is jazz, and he's good. But when he travels to another realm to help someone find their passion, he soon discovers what it means to have a soul. Oh. Mm. Yeah, it came out on Christmas, and it's on uh, it's on Disney Plus. Yep, you got Tina Fey, Jamie Foxx in it, uh, Felicia Richard. I'm like it. I hear nothing but good things, so I uh, definitely is on my list. And it looks like it'd be a good one for the uh, tot there. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe he'll let him. you watch it. Maybe Here, <laughs> we, we will see. Uh, another one that I'm really excited about is one that's been out for a little bit now, but it's Enola. Have you guys oh, seen yeah. trailers? Enola Holmes. Enola Holmes. Oh, okay. So, I've heard about Enola Holmes, but I, I, I don't know much about it. So Enola Holmes basically follows the story of Enola, played by Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Where she is the youngest 
home sister. So we got Mycroft, we got Sherlock, Sherlock played by Henry Cavill, and Mycroft, I believe, is played by one of the Hunger Game guys, Sam, oh. some, Sam something. Okay. Um, and her mom is played by Helena Bonham Carter. Ooh. And so they're whoa. like the trailer goes on to talk about how they've been inseparable since she was born. Like she didn't learn how to sew and do these things. She learned about science and archery, fighting, dancing, like all these fun stuff. And then one day her mom just magically disappears. So she's off to go find her mom while her brothers try to go find her. Oh, that's kind of fun. So I Is it a movie? It's a movie on Netflix. Oh, okay. And it's out now? It's been out for a little bit. I've been keep meaning to watch it, but it's one of those like I want to watch it with like somebody else. And they they've done a really cool promotion with it, I believe in England, where they take famous statues like for example Sherlock Holmes and they put they put a statue of her, like the sister of Sherlock Holmes in front of it with, you know, pattern saying Nola Holmes and stuff. And then they went to all the different statues of famous people, whether it's an artist, a musician, a scientist, and they put a statue of their actual sister, like that's lesser Aww. known, but also had some pretty awesome accomplishments. Like there was one violin player who uh, the sister was actually way better than he was, but nobody knew about it. <laughs> so it's one of those, like, I, I thought it was a really cool idea, especially for young girls. So definitely check it out. I'm checking it out soon. And, right. uh, and if you uh, if you watch the, the Hunger Games and you remember Finnick, yep. that's the guy who plays Mycroft in this. Oh. So there's a little bit of that there. So now you know. Uh, another one that I was not expecting, I sent Rev a message, losing my ass. Because <laughs> I had already assumed we are never getting a season two. It's just not going to happen. It like They said that they were going to maybe do it, and we haven't heard anything. The series came out originally in 2018. Oh, so it's been uh, three years, pretty much. Yes. So then, out of nowhere, I get a notification. Hey, season two of Hilda will be coming up oh, shortly. So yeah. over the break, we got season two of Hilda. But again, I kind of wasn't like, what if this is the last one? I don't want to watch it yet. I'm going to binge it, and then it's going to be that. Uh, Hilda is actually a really fun show, especially for kids. It's, uh, but it's also really well, it's well done for an adult as well. Like, I don't feel like necessarily I'm watching a kid's show. Um, right on. I would say maybe for a 10 year old, cause there's some scary moments in season one. Um, but it's about a fearless <laughs> blue haired girl named Hilda who leaves the forest to go into town cause they have to move. Um, and she finds, you know, great adventures, friends, magic, mystery creatures. They live in a world with a bunch of different creatures than we have. So they have troll rocks and they have deer foxes and they have these flying weird bear things called wafts. Okay. It kind of sounds a little bit like Avatar, uh, The Kinda. Last Airbender, when they were doing that, where like every animal is like mushed together. And the fact that there was a bear not yes. a, not like a like a any sort of like bear cat or anything. Just, it was like, this is exotic. It's just a bear. Right. <laughs> I would love a flying bear. I'm yeah, right. Lie. But it's picture kind of like a big circle bear thing with like a little tail that floats as he flies. And it's, just, a, it's a wolf. Yeah, it's a big fluff ball. It is a British show <laughs> based on uh, a uh, comic, I believe. And I'm very excited that there is a season two. The voice of Hilda is done by Bella Ramsey. Where have we heard of Bella Ramsey? Oh, I, where have we heard of her? She was Leanna Mormont in Game of Thrones. Oh, the little bear. The little bear. I think she's also been in his dark materials. I think. I, I yes, think she is. She plays Angelica. Okay, there you go. Wow. I, yeah, because I recognize her, and I go, and, and she looks really like a child. It's mm-hmm. funny. She was a child in Game of Thrones, but she just carried herself like an adult. There's some gravitas to her yeah. character, in but that, she's, yeah. a, she's a bit of a twisted child. But you feel <laughs> a little bit, you know. This, yeah, she's I been in season two. That show. That's one of those I need to catch uh, up on. Wait, this season two was good, buddy. 
Uh, and then one more. This one I don't. I've only seen a bit of the trailer. It looks ridiculous. I sent Rev a message. I'm like, you need to check out this trailer. It's a show called The Watch, and it's on BBC America. So it's based on ter- uh, characters from Terry Pratchett's uh, Discworld novels. And I saw I've these... watched this, actually. You've watched oh, you this? have? Oh, yeah. Okay, um, eight episodes, yeah. Um, but it's a group of misfit cops rise up from uh, decades of helplessness to save their corrupt city from catastrophe. And it, it kind of has like a weird uh, Guardians of the Galaxy feel, like shenanigans-wise. Yeah, it's uh, it, it 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 has trolls and it has werewolves and it has so there's oh, a lot of wow, and it, yeah. it takes place in another dimension. They call it a secondhand dimension. <laughs> um, that's not ours. Awesome. Uh, and it is a police force that over the over time has basically been reduced to just basically looking for lost dogs and oh. really random dumb things because crime has been organized into guilds where there's a certain amount of crime that's allowed. Mm-hmm. But is, and actually, they've, they've, there's a Thieves Guild and an okay. Assassin's Guild. Yeah. And as, if they arrest somebody and they show, hey, I'm part of the Thieves Guild, it's like, oh, okay, we got to let you steal that. Uh, it's that concept. <laughs> and, and the And the police captain is uh, just a drunken, partying idiot who has really lost his will to do anything. And, of course, a new guy comes along, a new young constable who says, we should do police work. And guess what? Something happens where they have to do police work and actually do legitimate police work. First two episode premiere happened um, last week, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And um, I really uh, I I put on your subtitles because the British English is it is, thick? Is it's, it very it's thick? It's really thick. Yeah. And so if you want to understand what the hell some people are saying, but it's. It's you know what it's engaging. I really liked it. This looks really cool. Like I'm really interested in this. Uh, I will definitely be checking it out because it looks good. It said uh, BBC America, but I believe I saw that Amazon Prime also has it. I'm yeah, not, but it's weird sure. with Amazon Prime. Yeah. I, I don't. Sometimes you still have to buy the network or get yeah. an add-on. But yeah, definitely BBC America if you have that. Yes, uh, I'm curious to know what shows are you excited about? Whether they came out just a little bit ago, that you haven't had a chance to, or that are coming up soon. I want to know. And until next time, stay nerdy.